morning, Lake Church. How's everybody doing? Amen. Well, you look absolutely lovely and gorgeous. That's good. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 10, and uh, I'm going to begin to just kick start what we began at the first of the month. Uh, we had a wonderful time with uh, Ken Spicer last week, but uh, it's time to get back on the good ship and start uh, finishing up this uh, teaching called Serpents and Scorpions. Amen. And uh, the Lord has some really good things for us, so we're going to be looking at that. Amen. I want to tell you about Train TV, traintv.com, also on various uh, streaming channels. You can look at the uh, programs on uh, YouTube, Rumble. You can get it on your Apple TV. You can get it on your Roku device. Um, you can get it uh, in several different ways, but you can also go to traintv.com. This is some good, solid teaching from the ministry gifts that are around us, are in connection with us, and I encourage you, like it, you know, watch it, share it, and uh, help it to grow, amen? And uh, it's something that weekly programs every week, uh, so Monday through Saturday, except for Wednesday night, because we believe you should be at church amen. on Wednesday night, amen? Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let's look at Luke chapter 10. I love, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. <coughs> Absolutely favorite. Jesus is speaking to his 72 disciples, not the original apostles, but 72 disciples <coughs> that have went off and have done the mandate of Jesus, healed the sick, raised the dead, uh, cast out devils, and proclaimed the kingdom of God. And they're so overwhelmed absolutely overwhelmed with what God has done in their life that they are so excited. And I'm going to look at verse number 17 and then we'll get into our key scripture. It says, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he says, behold, and I told you the last time that we were together, what did he mean by behold? He said, behold, they means, man, look, he's excited. It's not behold. It's look, look at this, I told you so. That's what he's saying. Jesus is excited. In fact, the word denotes that he even spun around and began to get excited and jump up and down. This excited the Lord. It excites the Lord when you exhibit the authority that he has given you. Amen? Hallelujah. It excites the Lord. And he goes on and he says, oh my goodness, I don't know what happened there. Well, okay. Well, we're going to have to take that late church off there, Mark. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's see here. All right. Okay. He says, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And then he says, well, my goodness, what in the world? Not all the scriptures there. Well, we'll just forget this. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> Technology. Amen. Notice what he says here. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He says, behold, look at this. I'm excited to show you this. This is something you need to really get a hold of. He says, I have given you authority. The word power in the uh, King James Version and other translations is the word exousia. And it means delegated power. I've given you authority. So we don't have power in and of ourselves. And they didn't exhibit their own power. They exhibited power through the authority of the name of Jesus, which is what you and I have. Amen. And so, you know, we don't have inherent power. Amen. We are not gods. Amen. We're the moon. What does the moon do? The moon reflects the sun. The, the moon doesn't have its own light. The sun has its own light. And when the sun shines on the moon, the moon reflects the glory of the Lord. And that's what we're called to do, is to reflect and refract the light of the glorious gospel. Amen? And so we don't have it in and of ourselves. We have it in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And in that name, the demons were subject unto them. And guess what? They're subject unto you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on now. What was good for them is even better for us because they operated in the Old Testament. We operate in the New Testament. Jesus has died, been buried, been raised from the dead, and seated at the right hand of God the Father. That means it's a completed work. That means he stripped principalities and powers, made a show of them openly. Amen. Hallelujah. What's holding you back right now has no power over you that is greater than the power of the name of Jesus. It's just the truth. But notice what he says here. He says, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Now I shared with you, you know, I walk down a dirt road and pray and stuff. And I walk down that old camp road and pray. And, you know, sometimes a visitor will visit me especially when it's in the summertime and they'll slink across. I'll see them slinking across that uh, road. And you know what my immediate thought is? I'm not going down there. <laughs> I'm not going down there. I don't care. It might be waiting in the wings. How are we doing, my brother? Good to see you, my man. And uh, it might be waiting in the wings out there, you know, and come out of the grass and get me. So I'm not going down there. I remember one time, now listen, the animal lovers, forgive me for doing this, but one time there was one on the road and I, 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 I said, I'm running over it. I'm running over that thing. It is nasty. Snakes are nasty. And as I was running over it, I was afraid it was going to come up in the car. I was like, How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but Jesus actually says, you've got the ability to tread on what scares you. Come yeah. on, that's good. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You've got the ability to tread on something that scares you. Something that frightens you. And that means to tread on means to step over and to not delay any course of action that you're supposed to take. That means that that doctor's report, we just tread on it. 
That means when our marriage looks like it ain't going to work, we just tread on that. When we got kids out of the way doing their own thing and being foolish, we just tread on it. Hello. When our business isn't going very well, we just tread on it. We just keep treading. We don't let it because he talks about serpents and scorpions and he's using these as a metaphor to, to understand what, what unclean spirits do, okay? Now, notice both of these are animals that bite, but they don't just bite. They have poisons in them, okay? So it tells us this, that the initial physical bite isn't really something that is we really, you know, need to concern ourselves with. It's the poison in the bite. So it shows us how the enemy works. The enemy always works from the outside in. So he'll physically sting you or physically bite you and the, the wound will heal. The, wound, the physical wound will heal. However, the poison can remain. Now we know that physically, that some scorpions have dangerous poisons. There are even poisons in the scorpions around here that if you don't have a proper immunity system, you could find yourself in trouble. I have to go to the doctor. And we know that there are certain snakes that when they, when they bite, when they hurt us, um, that there's venom and poison that has to, goes into our system and can alter all kinds of things. There are people that have been bitten by snakes and, and they went to the doctor and the doctor helped them, but then they find that they have certain problems in their body. It's because of this venom. Now, Jesus shows us a physical example to show us a spiritual example. And the spiritual example is this, is that demon spirits and unclean spirits seek to strike, to bite, to sting, but the sting of that divorce, the bite of that sickness and disease, that sting of that relational breakdown isn't the only thing. In fact, the relationship can be restored, but the poison can still be in your body. Hello. And the Lord spoke to me this morning as I was praying and believing. He said, there are many people in this audience today and online that are watching here this morning that your physical wounds have healed, but the venom's still coursing through your veins. And it's causing you to be apprehensive in your life. It's causing you not to step over and to step in to what God has for you. It's because you're hurt. It's because you have been hurt that even though you can't point to the physical place where it was, where you were, you know, hit, it's been healed over. There's still something working on the inside of you that is keeping you from reaching your best as far as your walk with the Lord. Amen? And uh, there's all kinds of apprehension in people's lives. It, it taints us. It causes us to be polluted on the inside. 
And we can look very good on the outside and we can say all the right things and put on the proper clothing on the outside, but because we're tainted on the inside, that means that the, the uh, outgoing and incoming messaging is going to be polluted. And that means that when we get, you see, at this point where we begin to deal with serpents and scorpions, they seek to strike us with something and barrage us with something that hurts us, hurts our feelings, causes us to feel pity for ourselves, pitiful, and have a pity party. Those enemies, when they come in and they begin to strike at us, maybe they strike at us by someone ignoring us. Maybe they strike at us by us misreading what someone said. Maybe they strike at us because we've heard something through someone, a talebearer, and it's caused us to get our focus askew where we don't really see a person like we used to see them because the information has tainted that person and caused their image to be marred in our eyes. It causes us to get into the realm of deception. And the word deception means to wander away, to wander away. So let's take a marriage relationship. You can get into a marriage relationship and just think, that, that your spouse hung the moon. I still believe my spouse hung the moon. I, I love my wife, amen? But there are seasons in my life in which the old serpents and scorpions started coming around and I began to see, and here, here's two areas that you gotta watch out for. You gotta watch out for comparison and you gotta watch out for competition. Those are two main stingers that come against our thought life. And so we begin to compare ourselves, our situation with someone else's situation. Well, their wife does this. How come you don't ever do this anymore? Well, I saw that they were doing this. Isn't that sweet? I wish we could do that again. See, these are ways that the enemy, they're very slight. They're very subtle but they begin to get poison. Mm, they begin to get poison. When you start comparing yourself with other people, that poison's gonna course through your veins. And guess what? It'll cause you to get into envy. It'll cause you to get into jealousy and in strife to where that person can do absolutely nothing right. Nothing. They can't even speak right. They can't even breathe right. They breathe around you and you go, I hate you. <laughs> Why? Because your mind's corrupted. The poison has entered in. You've received offense, which is causing this anger to course up in your life. And it's causing this poison to just go through your veins to where you can't be satisfied with nothing. And the problem is, is it doesn't just stay with that one person. Yeah. All of a sudden your kids start, you know, you start having problems with your kids. You start having problems with your workmates. You start having problems with your friends. And it's over and over to domino effect. You begin to take your tainted, nasty spirit and you just go into everything like pig pen. Got that just coming off of you, you know, and you're wondering why, why is everything so bad? Well, I've told you this. 
If your life stinks, that means you're stinky. Hello, there's something coursing through you. There's something going through you. Have you ever been around somebody like that? Look straight ahead. Don't look at your neighbor. Anybody that just sits there and just talks about negativity and all kinds of hurts and pains and just can't get over what's going on. They just can't get over what has happened in their life. They just sit there and talk that poison coursing through their veins. And the whole goal of it is because they've been filled with the venom of the serpent. They will eventually hurt you and get you filled with the venom of the serpent. And then you got all kinds of problems. Hello. I remember when I first went into marriage counseling. I don't do it much anymore. It's a very hazardous and dangerous place to be. But when I got hired on as an associate, you know, that was my main job was to do so-called counseling. Okay. And I remember I had a full load immediately. You know, when we offered the services, we had people lined up. They were lined up. Everybody likes good counseling. They don't like to pray and read their Bible, but they'll certainly want to come and waste your time. Hello? They'll, they'll do it, man. I mean, they'll do it. And they just want to talk. They just want you to justify their position. They don't want, they don't want tips of getting out. They want justification. You see, when you're filled with that poison, that's all you want. You want someone to justify the way you feel about someone. Yeah. Well, I feel this way about someone, and I think you should too. That's really what they're saying. Yeah. And if I can get up higher in authority, I can cause more problems for that individual. Come. That's satanic. So that's satanic. See, what, what you need to understand, friends, you are under satanic attack when people speak accusative words in your ears. You are under satanic attack. First off, it's none of your business. You don't need that. You got enough with your own life. Come on now. I don't mean to be hardcore, but this judgmental and critical attitude towards people and their failings after you just searched Google porn 30 minutes before you've heard the information. It's just dumb, stupid. All you're doing is trying to mask your own sin. And most people who uh, are accusatory, they're trying to mask something. They're trying to hide something. They're pulling the old, uh, you know, sleight of hand to you. They're hiding something that they're doing that is wicked. And they want you to get your eyes off of, off of them and get it on somebody else. This is a tactic of the enemy. It's, 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 it's deception 101. Am I speaking to anybody here today? I'm trying to save you money. I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to save your relationships. If you'd stop listening to the enemy and let his poison course through your veins and get this rid of it by the word of God and the spirit of God, you'll begin to live more fulfilling, happy life. Because people aren't happy anymore. And it's because of these little dudes right here. They come in there, they hit you. Hello, they hit you. You know, I, I, I remember when we did counseling, like I said, and people would come in with their marriage issues. And you know what? When you do marriage counseling for as long as I have done it, you realize that there are certain common denominators. 
I know uh, Kirby, he, he worked, uh, you know, with, as a mechanic for a long time. And, you know, cars come in, and generally you're going to have probably five problems with cars. You're, you're going to be able, able to collate that and, and, and correlate that with just five problems. Well, guess what? When you begin to diagnose people's lives, you'll find common denominators, and they're almost all the same. Okay? And so you begin to see them because everybody thinks their marriage problem is exclusive and, and mutated in some form. And it's the same all across the world. It's the same. Because these, te- these dudes don't have anything new. They don't have anything new. It's the same deception day in and day out. <clears throat> they have the same poison and it works. And until we get inoculated from it, we're going to fall prey for to it. Amen? And so they begin to talk about their marriage problems. And as I'm listening to them and trying to give them help and counsel, that poison begins to seep into my, my mind. And I begin to think all kinds of thoughts. Well, maybe my wife is unhappy with this, or maybe this is going... Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? And all these thoughts began to get into my mind. And I would come home, and my wife would have to get on to me. I am not those people. (laughs) Hello. I am not those people. I've sat across from some real winners over the years. I mean, people that the devil took notes. (laughs) Hello. And I'll tell you, I'd take that junk and I'd bring it into the home. Fear, insecurity from hearing their stories and then comparing... Hello, comparing myself with them created a play opportunity to be bitten or to be stung. Amen? Okay, all right. Now, when we see serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and that word power is not exousia, that's dunamis in the Greek, that means all of the power of the enemy. That's exactly what it means. Every bit of power of the enemy, but we got to understand what the power of the enemy is because we can be greatly confused as to what that power is. But he gives us details on serpents and scorpions because serpents and scorpions are sneaky little things. Serpents are known in the scripture as being cunning and being wise And even Jesus said that we are to be wise as a what? As a serpent. Well, a serpent doesn't strike unless it knows that it has a clean shot and it will actually hold off from striking. You can walk past them 10 times and they won't do anything. It's only when they know that the opportunity is clear and that it will have no repercussions that they'll strike you. Now, scorpions, we're all acquainted with little scorpions around here. Probably seeing them come into the house as it gets colder because they like the warmth. And uh, they will, you know, sneak in your clothes and get in your bed and 
You know, I mean, we were sitting there watching TV one time and here was, I couldn't believe my eyes, charging us, charging us. (laughs) I mean, it's this big, charging us, you know. And I think, my goodness gracious, I was putting on my clothes one time, Dwayne, and and, uh, I was about to walk out the door and all of a sudden I felt this pain in the back, in my back. I said, what in the world is this going on? And uh, so I went to the bathroom and began to just check out where I felt the pain coming from. And as I did, that little thing fell out of my clothes and was right down there on the ground. Well, I treaded (laughs) on that. I'm sorry if you're a lover of arachnids, but I treaded on that. And, uh, you know, flushed it down the toilet. But guess what? It hurt for a time. It hurt for a time. Now, those little ones, they don't have much of anything that will harm and hurt, although there are people that have had allergic reactions to those bites. But that's what the enemy wants. He wants an allergic reaction to the bite. He wants to alter your thinking. Because he knows if he can get in your head, he's got you. Hello. How many uh, have ever been tormented in their mind? Just look straight ahead. It's all right. A hundred percent of the people in there, whether you raise your hand or not, you're a liar. You're an absolute liar. Let me tell you something about those warring thoughts because here's a major misconception that people have about this. Is they think that there, if there's a recurring thought of someone or something, that it's the Lord. Well, God's trying to tell me something. No, not if you're being driven. Not if you're being tormented by it. That's not the way the Lord works. See, we need to understand this. The devil drives, the Lord leads. The devil drives and and the Lord leads. He'll lead us to the uncovering of something, but there will be peace associated with it. When you're under torment, there's no peace. You can't sleep at night. You're taking Rolades by the dozens. Come on. Maalox, you know, you're, you're having problems with your digestive system. Come on now. There's all kinds of things that come on. You're, you're hard to be around. You're irritable. You're, you know, you're angry. You have a short fuse. These are signs of satanic attack. This is not God speaking to you and trying to help you. This is what the enemy knows about a situation or wants to be in a certain situation and is continuing to bombard your mind with thoughts that are taking away your peace and taking away your joy. Are you with me? See, that's what the enemy knows. The enemy knows that you run at optimum level when your peace and your joy are full. The joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. So he wants to deplete you of strength. 
He wants to eliminate the Prince of Peace on the inside of you and fill you with turmoil and fill you with storms so that when you walk in life, you're just a walking storm. Have you ever known anybody to be a walking storm? They're just a walking hurricane. Man, they come in and... Want to go to the movies? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is good. The popcorn ain't right. The seat ain't the best. Come on now, you know people like this. Or maybe people are looking at you this morning. <clears throat> Have you ever had someone where your husband says, why'd you invite them? Why did you invite them? Why? Because of... They're just a storm. It's because that they've been bit. Hurting people hurt people. We want justice. We want justification. We want... So we don't care how it comes. If I'm hurting, everybody should hurt. That's the selfish way. That's the way they do it. I've done it. Well, if I'm hurt, then I'm going to make sure everybody around me is going to have pain. Like Mr. T said, the Rocky pain. Because I'm feeling pain. Amen? So we've got to understand that when we're dealing with serpents, we're dealing with deception. When we're dealing with scorpions, we're dealing with physical attack. Okay? So he covers both. The deception of the serpent and the physical attacks and mental attacks of the scorpion. And these things can get into crevices and areas of our lives, you can get snakes up in your cupboards. They can find themselves in all kinds of things. How did that get there? It's been eating your Captain Crunch for, you know. <laughs> Hello. And then, you know, scorpions, they can get through all kinds of things. They can get through your house, through, you know, openings in your house, through your windows, stuff like that. What is Jesus telling us? It says they're sneaky and they'll come through very slightly opened areas in our lives. Very slightly open areas of our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's turn to another scripture. <clears throat> Let's go to Ephesians. Also one of my favorite scriptures. Ephesians chapter 6, we've talked about this quite some time, but the Lord wants me to talk about it some more, amen? And it's because he wants you to get a hold of this stuff. Because too many people are being neutralized, and not just neutralized, but diminished by mental poisons that are in their life. You're not, you're not having the marriage relationship you're supposed to have. You're not having the relationships you're supposed to have because you've got tainted stuff running through you that you can't fully give yourself and commit yourself to those relationships. There's always something in the back of your mind that's keeping you from committing. 
And your life, uh, your, the quality of your life, and I've taught you this before, the quality of your life is measured, listen to this, listen to this, Steve. The quality of your life is measured by the level of your commitment. If I'm not fully committed to something, then I'm not going to operate in a full level of life. See, there are people that are not fully committed to their marriage. They're not fully committed to it. They're not fully committed to their business. And they're not fully committed to the Lord. And they wonder why they're not living this high quality of life that Jesus came and died for. Listen, my commitment, I have to cross the line. I have to say no. Because the level and standard of my life is based upon the level and standard of my commitment. The more committed I am. Now, here's the problem. We believe, because we're motivated by fear in this realm, that if I overcommit, I'm going to be disappointed. Or if I get too far in, I'm going to get hurt. Yes and yes. That's exactly true. That's exactly right. But Jesus can heal your hurts. See, there, there are relational problems here. I'm speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. That it's just a commitment problem. It's a commitment problem. You're withholding. You're trying to preserve yourself. Remember Jesus said, if you save your life, you're going to what? You're going to lose it. But if you lose your life, you're going to find it. So that tells you that you've got to be totally committed to the point of losing your life. To where all the identity markers that you value, that you hold in higher esteem, they are no more. And I've died to that. And I've entered into newness of life. And that's where the level that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. That's where that's at, guys. It's totally attainable. It just requires us to step outside of ourselves and commit. Hello? Majority of marriage problems that I've counseled over 30 years have been commitment problems. Just not committed to the relationship at all. Not committed to the vision of the relationship. Not committed to certain aspects of the relationship. Listen, you can't love people in slices. Listen, something that I try to do around here and, and I try to teach my staff this and they can testify to this and my elders is I want to love the whole pie. That means warts and all. That means if you mess up and do some stupid stuff, I ain't going to throw you out. That ain't going to happen. Not unless I see some kind of satanic bent on rebellion and things of that nature. But if I see somebody that's just struggling in life, one piece of pie is all mucked up. You know that piece of pie at the end of the... Go get you a piece of that pecan pie. It's so delicious. You go over there and it's the one that's been... You see kids' fingers in it, you know. No, you got to gobble it up. 
Hello. And that's really the only way your relationships are ever going to go anywhere. Oh my gosh, we throw things away so easy. I don't like the way you think. I ain't hanging around you, block. We actually think that works. We think because social media has told us we can block people, we can do it at Walmart. Foolishness. Absolutely utter foolishness. Hello, I'm talking about serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, notice what it says. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. See, you're not strong in your own self. You've got to be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, what does it say there? It says, wiles in the King James, schemes in my translation, schemes of the devil. Notice it does not say this. It does not say that you may be able to stand against the power. It's not saying that at all, does it? It's saying schemes. So it shows you that the power is in schemes. The power is in wiles. It's a very interesting word in the Greek, the word wiles. It's the word methodos. Methodos. Method and an os at the end. Methodos. Now, you might think that that is a plural word like methods or schemes as it's translated here, but it's singular. Methodos in the Greek is singular. That means it's just one, not multiple. Understand that. The way the enemy attacks is not multiple. There's one way of attack. The word methodos in the Greek means this. Now, get this. This is really deep. It's really going to blow your mind. With a road. That's what it means. With a road. Methodos in the Greek. It's singular. It's not multiple roads. It's one road. Just one road. Okay? You got to understand what that road is. If you're going to be able to tread on serpents and scorpions. Are you awake out there? See, most people don't understand that. They think that the devil has multiple attacks. I remember back in the 90s. Well, it was 80, I think it was 89, 90 years old. 90, 1990. I'm old. Um, I remember I was listening to uh, a conference from a denomination that I was a part of. And this guy said, the Satan has all new weapons for the 90s. That's not what the Bible teaches, guys. Stop falling for that junk. Stop falling for the junk. He's got one road. And if you learn how to guard, listen, if I knew that in these three aisles that someone was going to come with a knife and was going to try to stab me, and I knew it was going to be this road, I could stop that, couldn't I? I could stop it. I could put a barrier over there. I could put big, strong Greg over here to take the knife for me. <laughs> All for you, Pastor. 
I could have someone with a gun, you know. Hello, someone with another knife. Or I could get the infields to do karate for me over here. A little Cobra Kai on them. Okay? If I knew where he was coming, then I'd be able to set up a roadblock. But the problem is, is that most Christians, they never plan to be deceived. They just never set anything in place to not be deceived. Listen, there's been times that I've had Homer Simpson dough moments. How many know what I'm talking about? Where I just, I could see there's just one trigger in a series of events that I just know it was a setup. You remember that game Mousetrap? You know, you'd set that thing up, you know, and you'd make it, and you just look back and you think, oh, crap. <laughs> I, just, I just fell for this stupid stuff. And you can actually go back in your mind because the enemy likes that. The enemy has to brag. Did you know that? He's so filled with pride and arrogance that he can't keep things secret forever. He likes to show you. I tricked you. He loves to do that. And you'll be sitting there and you're going through or maybe you're fighting with somebody and you're just all of a sudden a moment of clarity comes into your heart and you go, oh my gosh, what has happened to me? I am a monster. Hello? And all of a sudden it goes back to a conversation you had or some incident that you were duped into believing was something that it was not. Hello. And you go, my gosh. <clears throat> How did I fall for that? Well, see, the Bible says that we're drawn away by our own lust and enticed. And the number one lust and enticed is the pride of life. It's where we are so given to our own ideas, the way life is. Well, you know, them people are always like that. See, that's pride of life. That, that means that there's absolutely no debate on it at all. You believe this is the way it is, and that's the way it is. You know, some, sometimes when accusation comes your way, the majority of the time, friend, is you just need to keep your mouth shut. Don't try to justify or defend yourself because first off, they ain't going to hear what you have to say anyway. And you could, you, could have, you could have the ultimate truth. Jesus could come and appear to them and tell them the truth and they would still, but and that's you and me, friends. That ain't just some people, that's all people. We all do it. But I still, I've, I've had people that have told the absolute everything that, that I knew and they still were never satisfied. So that's the reason why zip it and lock it and don't come over to your castle to defend yourself. Accusations are of the enemy. There is never a time when God accuses anyone. Hello. Accusation is of the devil. 
In fact, he is called the accuser. So when we get stuff in our ears that is accusatory, we need to realize it's coming from one source and one source only. This isn't God revealing something to us. This is the enemy wanting something to happen to bring about strife, to bring about division, to bring about discord, and to bring pain and death and steal from the people involved. I'm preaching a lot wet better than you're saying amen. Schemes. So we got to figure out what the schemes are. Well, we're going to find out. This very, very interesting lesson. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 2. Second Corinthians chapter 2. I've taught you these things before, but, you know, I just, it bears repeating, guys. Because we're living in a time of great deception. We're being deceived 24-7, always have been. So you've got to be able to discern between truth. You've got to be learn, learn to be led by the Spirit. But a lot of the way that you can keep from being deceived is just establish certain truths in the Scripture in your life and use them as running boards or, or as uh, barriers from going off the ditch. And if Jesus says Satan is a liar... You need to take that as number one. He's a liar. That means there's no, he's, Jesus not only said that, but he said there's absolutely no truth in him. But we don't believe that, do we? Because when he talks to us, we immediately go, oh, or we get angry or our blood pressure rises. See, the whole purpose of him getting in your ear and bringing all this stress and strife is to cause your life to be diminished to where you can't do what God's asked you to do. He wants you in the ground. He doesn't care whether you go to heaven or not. doesn't bother him at all. You can go to heaven. Get, out of the, get off the playing field. Get off the playing field. That's what he wants. So a lot of times the reason why we, we're taking a lot of medicine for anxiety and we're taking a lot of medicine for high blood pressure and things of that nature, listen, it's because we are listening to the lies of the enemy and we are fearful, and it's bringing forth fear in our lives. And we're beginning to speak fear and act fear and make decisions based on fear. And it causes us to live a lower state than what Jesus gave to us. Okay, all right, verse 11 to 11. Now this is talking about unforgiveness, and that's one main way that we can begin to find ourselves bit is when we get an unforgiveness, that poison is just going throughout our veins. And you can always tell someone who's got the, the poison of unforgiveness. They just talk it over and over and over again. You could talk about boating and they're going to come back to it. You can talk about the NBA or the NFL or whatever, and it's going to come back. Some play from an NFL game triggers some kind of memory on the inside of them and they use it as a means to be able to spit their venom. Hello, how many remember aliens? Remember that acidy spit, you know, that they, they spit that acid? Hello. Or that little dinosaur in Jurassic Park at the first, you know, got the little fat guy at the first, you know. They just... Man, you need to get back away from that. Man, get, get away from me. 
Got all that junk, spraying all that junk, talking about people. You don't even know. You don't even have any idea. There is absolutely no way that I can know Kevin's life. There's absolutely no way what, what goes on. But boy, people think they do. Boy, people think they do. Hello. Oh, this is going on and that's going on and this is happening and that's happening. Well, who told you? Well, I got these thoughts. <laughs> or I had a dream. We've had people come in and manipulate people by saying they had dreams that were given to them by God that were given directives to the people that they were talking to. Listen, if you're dreaming about other people, Stop it. <laughs> the Bible over and over says, take heed to yourself. It says, watch yourself. Jesus says, watch yourself. Where's the emphasis? Watch yourself. Stop looking out the window and start looking in the mirror. You want to stay away from deception? Stop thinking that you're the end-all, be-all prophet. Well, I just know something's going on down there. I had a dream, and this happened, and that happened. And Well, you can get dreams from the second heaven. You can get dreams from the realm of demons. Hello. Glory to God. What about edification and peace and comfort? That's, that's what God, God speaks peace and comfort. Not, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not hanging around that person anymore. Every time they talk to me, I'm going to die or I'm going to. Come on, come on, that's good, that's good. Well, if you don't do this, you're going to be in a car wreck. Oh, that's God, that's God, oh yeah. You're an idiot. <laughs> I have to get on to this stuff. Because we got all these, you know, dial a prophet. There's people always prophesying and having dreams about other people. What is wrong with your life that you are dreaming about other people? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll leave it alone. All right. You guys that acted like you didn't, uh, didn't want that. Hello. Hello. If you live such a boring life that you got to dream and think about what other people are doing all the time, then what in the world? You need some joy of Jesus. Hello, they don't have any joy. It's amazing. Listen, true prophets of the word are happy people. Praise God. Hallelujah. They're not. I don't like what this is going on here and I don't like what's going on here and I just cannot stand this going on. And the Lord doesn't either because I don't. Hello. Look like you're sucking on lemons all the time. No joy. 
No, one of the measures of being in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. These people are negative and they talk negative all the time. Negative, negative, negative. But they try to pull the wool over your eyes by, by convincing you that they're at a higher level of revelation. Hello? I had one person write, I've been to the divine council. I've been to the third heaven. I wanted to write, Gomer says, hey. <laughs> they want to use their, I'm talking to somebody in this crowd. Right? They want to use spiritual experiences that they cannot validate. There's no way they can validate them. They just say that this has happened and you're supposed to believe it. And because you believe it, that gives them leverage. So if they say something that is about your personal life, you can, well, they saw the divine council and they saw this. That is never how you're supposed to gauge anything. Hello? The devil knows how to prophesy. Oh, okay. All right. Rant over. I'm stepping off my stool here. I'm going to get back to teaching. Amen? Are you getting anything out of this? Does this help anybody? Okay. Notice this. This is about unforgiveness. He said, forgive this person. Now notice this. So that, verse 11, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan. And that word outwitted means to be walked over by Satan. We're told in the 10th chapter of Luke that we're to tread. But he says if we don't forgive and if we don't do the word in regards to one another, then we'll be tread on. It means that we're overmastered, outwitted, gained the edge. The enemy can gain the edge on your life. Did you know that? Even though Jesus died and gave you victory over him, he can gain the edge over your life. When you play with his stuff, he makes the rules. When you play with his stuff, he makes the rules. Are you with me? Okay. Outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant. Are we not ignorant? I, listen, I've taught you enough. I'm going to have to spank each and every one of you. I've taught you enough. You should not be ignorant about this stuff. But he says, we are not ignorant of his designs, or the King James says, devices. Okay? All right. Now, we're trying to find out what road the enemy is going to come. Trying to find out that road, aren't we? Because we know that he's got a methodos. We know he's got a road, and it's a road he always uses. Well, it's found in this verse. The word devices are the word designs. It's the Greek word noimata. Nous is the word for mind. But the interesting added mata causes it to be interpreted, and it should be interpreted this, mind games. 
Hello. Has the thought of certain people caused your blood pressure to rise? Can their name cause an entire wonderful day be totally ruined? Can the rehearsing of a sting or a bite ruin entire seasons of your life where you cannot enjoy your spouse, you cannot enjoy your children because guess what? You've been stung and you've been in a place of arrested development because you've fallen for a mind game. Hello. There are people that fall for mind games all the time. Okay. Just rehearsing something over and over. Thinking about stuff in their head until they just can't shake it. They can't shake it. It's just something that keeps going up. You can't sleep at night because it begins to recur and begins to show up over and over and over again. And the thing about your mind is so, is your mind can actually add to and give what we used to call in the DVD world, uh, director commentary, you know, to the various offense or the various thing that's happened in your life. So you can actually come up with interesting variations and mutations of the offense or of the hurt or of the pain to where you begin to build that so solid up in your life that you are not thinking right and you are not in your right mind. When you are offended, you are not in your right mind. When you are being selfish, you are not in your right mind. He does not want you to be in your right mind. Because, notice what what the uh, Apostle Paul said. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, we like that, love, but a sound mind. We'll get into it next week, but the demoniac of Gadara, after he was delivered from all of that legion of demons, it says that the townspeople came and they were amazed because they saw the demon-oppressed man or demon-possessed man clothed and sitting in his right mind. And if you look up the word for right in that regards, it denotes the diaphragm. And the diaphragm regulates your breathing. So when he talks about a sound mind, he's talking about a sound regulated mind. To meditate on the thoughts of the enemy is irregular mind. It says young Frankenstein, it's Abbey Normal. Hello. The abnormal mind is meditating on the lies and deceptions of the enemy. 
the normal mind or the sound mind operates as a spirit-controlled mind that is influenced and governed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. See, the main way the Spirit of God is going to govern your mind is through the Word of God. So if I don't have any Word of God in my mind, if I'm not renewing my mind, then the Holy Spirit does not have anything to draw from. And I'm left to the road being open. But if I knew something was going to come down this road, I could avert that coming down that road by putting a block right there to keep it and keep it from impeding and penetrating my mind. That is the word of God. When I know something's going to come down and say, you're going to die, this disease is going to kill you, because guess what? If you've got any kind of malady in your body right now, if you've got any kind of sickness or any kind of, um, you know, uh, symptom in your body, there is a constant word that comes with the beating of that symptom and is you're going to die. You can stub your toe and you'll hear cancer. They know, listen, they're absolutely ruthless. They are ruthless and they don't play the way you play. They play to kill. They play for keeps. There's a reason why you don't mess with them. You can just barely have something, you know, a pain in your leg. Oh, it's cancer. You're going to die. He's going to amputate it. Hello. And you see yourself and it triggers your imagination to begin to see yourself without a leg. Begin to see yourself in the hospital. Begin to see yourself in the coffin. See, thoughts are important. Thoughts are built by words. What you're listening to is vitally important to the quality of your life. If you're listening to junk, if you're listening to nothing but negativity, if you're letting someone fill your ear with verbal excrement, you know, some people, and this has come by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to shut down with this. But there are people that are sick in body not because of a personal bite or a personal sting, but they've taken on the sting of someone else. They become an advocate. And if you become an advocate, you become a partaker. Listen, the enemy plays for keeps, people. I don't know how more vivid I can give it to you. Jesus said it best. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't come to play. But yet people entertaining all kinds of thoughts and junk and listening to people that are inspired by Satan himself to speak the kind of junk that's coming into their ears. And they wonder why they're having trouble sleeping at night. They're wondering why their relationships don't go any farther. They're wondering why they're not experiencing the success that the Word of God tells us in the Bible. And what I mean by success, I'm not talking about mansions. I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about peace, 
love, joy, and all the wonderful benefits of being born again. They're not experiencing them because they've got so much clutter. They can't trust anybody. And I'm telling you what, friends, if you can't trust people in your life that God's put in your life, you can't trust the Lord. You think you're going to trust the Lord? No. And so when the Lord tells you by his stripes you're healed, it's always, uh, but. And it's because of this junk right here. Because of these mind games. Hello. Some people don't connect the dots. They don't connect the dots. And you need to start connecting the dots. Because it's like mousetrap, that game. You don't understand all the pieces that go together, but you know those pieces go together somehow. And when you put that little ball in there, it's going to go where it's supposed to go and it's going to trigger what it needs to trigger. And that's what he does. Listen, the enemy plays chess. Stop playing checkers. You might think that the thing that you're hearing or the thing that you're, you know, seeing inside of you is the most important thing in the world. When really it's just a part of the mousetrap. And it's meant to trigger. You know, they don't do it much anymore. But when you were a kid and you got a physical, they would, uh, you know, take that little mallet and hit your knee and your knee would reflexively kick out. Well, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to hit things that cause you to reflexively. And you end up falling for the same thing over and over and over again. It just has different faces. It's got a different stage and a different stage craft, but it's the same stuff. It's the same old stuff over and over and over again. You know, you'll just go through. And it sparks what is known as defensive mechanisms because we want to protect ourselves. So we'll do things, you know. I've shared this before, and I'll close with this. And this is my fourth closing. (laughs) Animals have defensive mechanisms. Did you know that? Did you know that a skunk can actually get out of dangerous prey like wolves and foxes and and even bobcats and things of that nature by standing on its, it'll actually stand up and do a handstand to distract and then it'll run off? It'll actually do that. It's a defensive mechanism. It doesn't just use its nasty scent. It actually tries to use the sleight of hand. Look at this, bewilder, cause some enchantment, and then gone. Okay? There's all kinds of different uh, protective mechanisms that we see in the animal kingdom, uh, but people also have them. There's a lizard that's out in the southwest, I believe, the desert southwest, and it, it, it uh, doesn't really have strong teeth, and, you know, it's just not really predatorial at all. It just eats bugs and plants. 
And so it kind of finds itself open to predators. And when predators come upon it, it will actually raise up on its hind legs and, and, and run like this, you know. God uses the animal kingdom many times to show us things that are going on on the inside of us. Things that are seen reveal things that are unseen. And there are many people in life that when it comes to a relationship that's getting a little too close, that's went a little too far than what they're comfortable with, they rear up on their legs. (laughs) And they'll begin to sabotage the relationship. And the reason why they sabotage it is because of mind games. If I could have the band come up. Listen. There's a cage that the enemy wants you to stay in. And it's not a cage that you can physically touch. It's not a parameter that if you step over a line, you would know that you stepped over it. But there is a metaphysical cage around every human being that the enemy has put around each of us that is in our mind. And it begins to tell us how far we can go, how much we can do, how far we can commit. It, 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 it's basically bars of fear that are causing people to not step out and step in to what God has called them to. So God is calling. God is making, you know, a, a call to us. But yet we find ourselves apprehensive. We find ourselves fearful. We find ourselves, uh, you know, reticent to do what God has asked us to do because we don't go to that fence and we don't go to that wall. And no, we don't go around there because last time I went there and I tried to climb that thing, I fell. Or there was something there that, that pushed me away from it. Or there was a circumstance that caught... Listen, I really would like to like you. I really feel like we could build a life together. But, you know, I was, I've been married two times and it didn't work out. And I, I just don't know that I can go to that fence. Amen? There's people in business afraid to go in business, afraid to step out, afraid to fully commit. Because of failure. Well, I failed. I've messed up. I'm here to tell you, friends, you don't need to live that way. Does that mean you're never going to fail? You're going to fail. Just give yourself a break and say, you know what? I'm going to mess up. I'm going to fail. Come on now. It's when we try to live these rigid stepping on the line not getting on the tightrope you know that it takes the joy out of life he wants us to live that way because when I live this way my blood pressure ain't right when I live this way my heart ain't right when I live this way my kidneys ain't working right when I walk this come on now 
I'm, 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 I'm getting ready to die because I'm living in such a stress state that my body is not at rest. Hello. I remember my doctor, he, Dr. Bishop. He's a graduate of Cheris Bible College. And uh, I have to bring my bag in, you know, of my meds so he can look at them. And so I'm bringing my bag in and, and he's going through stuff, you know, and, uh, and he says, I can tell you what your problem is. I said, what's my problem? He says, you see your bag? And I had several, I have several compartments in my bag and they're zipped a certain way. He says, I can tell why you've got the problem you've got. He says, do you see how you got those zippers on there? The way they're all in order, the way they're all aligned up. He says, you're a perfectionist. That's the reason why you've got the problem that you have. You know what he said? Give yourself a break. Now, if you knew my life and my wife knows, I am not a perfectionist at all. But I like things the way I like them. And you do too. I like the way I like my like. Everybody likes their own brand. Hello. But sometimes that rigidity and that inability to be fast, fluid, and flexible is causing your body to break down. So as we close out today, we've got counselors that are going to be here that are going to be here to pray with you, help you. If you need to be born again, need to be filled with the Spirit, you need healing, you need prayer for what we talked about, they're going to be up here. And after the service, we've got a wonderful fundraiser for the youth. You don't need to go anywhere for lunch because you've got some of the best food that's right outside that door and all the proceeds go to our Area 51 youth, which are hugely important to us. But then after the service, right after, we're going to be baptizing. We've got a young man that wants to be baptized and guess what? We got, the, we got it all out for him. But guess what? That doesn't mean you don't have to be uh, baptized if you want to. Amen? You can be baptized. You can just make the decision today to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. We'll have it ready. The water's warm, too, because we've got a heater in our baptism. Okay? But as the ministers come on up, come on up and take your places. Hallelujah. If you need anything today, don't walk out without your need met. And don't be harassed in mind anymore. We're going to talk more about this. We've got a whole lot more to discuss. So I encourage you to be here next week and the week after that. Because God has some things that he wants to impart to us in regards to the health of our soul because that's the road that the enemy goes to, is our soul, amen? Hallelujah. Can we stand and lift our hands? Thank you, Lord. Go right ahead. Praise the Lord. Lead us in something. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father God. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, something has to break. That's right. That's right. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. someone here that you feel like you're protecting yourself with a suspicious critical and judgmental spirit you actually think that it's an armor that protects you but actually it's causing things to be repelled from you it's actually causing you to not experience life as it's supposed to be lived. You think you're insulating yourself and putting a wall around yourself, but in all reality, you've just built a prison around yourself. You're robbing yourself of relationships and you're robbing relationships of you. And there are more than one person in this house that, that needs to be broken off of right now in the name of Jesus. Here's some symptoms. Nothing seems ever good enough. There just doesn't seem like there's any contentment in your life. Your relationships don't measure up. The situations in your life just don't seem to add up the way you want them to. You're constantly thinking about what could be instead of rejoicing and being grateful for what you have. There's a lack of gratitude. There's a lack of grace. And the reason why you're unable to let go and forgive other people is because you don't forgive yourself. 
And that is a prison, my friends. That's a prison that the enemy wants to keep in your life. And you don't need it. You don't need it. Come on. As we begin to sing again, something's got to break. I said, something's got to break. I said, something's got to break. Do you believe me? Something's got to break. There's a life that you're not currently experiencing. You have clothed yourself and have insulated yourself. You're walking through life with these, I, can, I just see it right now. It's like a big old heavy coat that's just so insulated. Something they'd wear up in Alaska or something. Just just big old bulky coat. And you're trying to walk, you know, like a, a, the Christmas story, you know, with a boy walking around all stuffed up. He couldn't experience life. He couldn't move the way he wanted to move. He couldn't do what he wanted to do because he was so bound up. And he did it, his mama did it for protection. See, that's always the guys. That's always the ruse. It's for your protection. Well, I ain't going to join that because, I, you know, I ain't going to get hurt. Or I'm not going to get involved with him because I, I, he'll hurt me. And I'm not going to do it. You know, they might lie about me. They might do Listen, how are you supposed to live life like that? You're not supposed to live life that way. You're going to get hurt. But Jesus heals hurts. I said, Jesus heals hurts. Stop living on your heels and start living on your, you know, on your toes. Be agile. Come on now, there's people need breakthrough in their life. I know it, I sense it in my spirit. Hallelujah. You've been bit, you've been stung. You've been bit and stung. And you've been nursing the wound. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Yes, something has to break. Something has to break. Something has to break. Something has to break. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe you lead me through it. I believe you give me to it. I believe that you will do it right now. Something has to break. I believe you lead me through it. I believe you give me to it. I believe that you will do it right now. Something has to break. It needs to break. And it's, it's, it's the real Caleb. It's the real Caleb. It's the inner man Caleb. You know, remember in uh, Top Gun, you had Iceman and you had Maverick. You had Iceman and you had Maverick. You've been Iceman your whole life. 
you play by the rules. But there needs to be just an overwhelming breakout of this wonderful person that you are. And I just sense the Lord wants to break that off. Ready? Lift your hands on the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you, Father God, for Caleb breaking forth right now. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Break out right now. Break out right now. Break out. Break out. Break out right now. In Jesus' name. Break out. Break out. Break out. Break out. Hallelujah. Break out. Break out in Jesus. Break out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Break out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 